Hey, Faith Promise, welcome. Wasn't the worship awesome? It is great to see you. We welcome you at all of our campuses. You could be over in Blunt or way out in Campbell. You could be at Anderson or in our North Knox location. You really could be with us all around the world on our internet campus or Pellissippi. Wherever you're worshiping, we're thrilled that you chose to be with us this weekend. It's just exciting what God is doing. We're in an amazing series called Let Hope In. But before we dive in the Word, I have a real treat for you. I'm going to introduce you to a friend of mine and my family. It's become a friend of our church. So I'll introduce you. He's coming out. His name is Rabbi Shmuel, uh, just literally in from Israel. Rabbi, welcome. Good to be here. Good it's to great be here. to see my brother. We, we broke bread together many times. As you guys remember, we did our Easter message we shot in Israel, and Rabbi Shmuel's wife, Leah, actually we say, he says Shmuel, we say Samuel, and we're going to defer to the rabbi because he speaks Hebrew and we figure his pronunciation is right. But his wife was our guide in Israel, and uh, we, we just had a wonderful time, and when we were there, we said, when you're in the States, we want you to come, because the rabbi is a director of Life Shield in Israel. Uh, you remember we planted a bomb shelter. It was, it was through the rabbi, Shmuel, that we got that done. And it's his job to try to protect Israelis that are attacked from all the way around their border. And so, Rabbi, tell us a little bit about Life Shield and what's going on. Well, Operation Life Shield is a, first and foremost, a grassroots organization. It started by a group of people who responded to a situation. The situation was the Second Lebanon War in 2006. And we were told by the army, by the IDF, that people needed a place that they could run to. You and I are having a meeting, we're having a cup of coffee, we're running at the track. Mm -hmm. Siren goes off, hey, leave everything, and we need to run to someplace. Stay there for about 15 minutes, make sure that we don't get you know, killed or hurt. The siren is done, we wait 15 minutes, and we go back to our lives. What's the idea? To help wow. Israelis live, ready for this, as normal a life as possible in an abnormal situation. How do we do this? We create safe, protective spaces, and we place them. They're above ground. They're very heavy. Shelters weigh anywhere from 10 tons to 70 tons, depending on how big they are. Children can go there. The elderly can go there. It's totally barrier-free and accessible. And the idea is that you go there, during the siren, when the, when the threat of rocket attack is there. Now, this past summer, and we've been going since 2006, and we've been saving lives since 2006. Uh, you guys, ugh, amazing what you did. You gifted the people of Israel with a shelter, and we placed it in a city called Nitivot. Nitivot is about eight miles from the Gaza border. What happened this Ooh. summer? Operation Protective Shield. Somewhere between 4,500 and 5,000 rockets were fired at Israel uh, this summer, over a 50-day period, about a month and a half. Now, in the city of Nitivot, some 130, 140 rockets, okay, were fired into Nitivot with 44 rockets actually landing, hitting Nitivot. Your shelter, the shelter that your church gave to the people of Israel, literally saved lives wow. and when it wasn't busy saving lives it was bringing comfort and a sense of well-being on a day-to-day moment-by-moment basis we're talking about parents who know that their children are going to be okay elderly people holocaust survivors mm. from russia wow who know that they have a place to go to so 
that's what Operation Life Shield is about. It's, an, it's, it's, it's basically thanks to all the people who care and love Israel, who want to do something physical, tangible, and concrete. <laughs> I, had, I had to say that. I had to say that. But seriously, something that you can literally, here, here you go, and, and here's the shelter, let it save lives, public areas. I have something very, very special that I brought with me. Sorry for reaching over. Go right ahead. This is something that um, I'm here. I'm, I'm playing the role of a messenger, and in this case, uh, um, I just moments literally flew in from Israel just now. Okay, um, and I brought this letter straight to you. And this letter is from the mayor of Netivot, where your shelter is placed, and it's addressed to Faith, Faith Promise Church, Knoxville, Tennessee. I had to show him on a map where Knoxville uh, is located. He had no idea. Um, and he basically, it's a, it's a letter that you can put up on your website if you'd like to, but basically the highlight of this is very, very important in this second last paragraph. Our challenge here at Nitivot is to maintain normal life as much as possible by ensuring safety and protection during these most difficult times. Moreover, this is the challenge of the state to safeguard the security, sovereignty, and freedom of our citizens to, to enjoy a life of peace and calm. To that end, you, wow. as you see down here, y'all, <laughs> you have been an invaluable partner in trying to realize this goal. Wow. You are partners with the city of Nitivot and the people of Israel in saving lives so that they can try and have as normal life as possible in an abnormal situation. Wow, thank you. you. Oh, it's amazing. Thank you. Wow. This is a message that I'm delighted to bring. And that's what Operation Life Shield is about. And you, you direct it all across the nation. I direct it worldwide. And um, that means that we have people all over the world who want to connect to Israel in a way that is, you know, if a person's not alive, it's hard to have a conversation with them. If a person's not alive, it's hard to bring them clothing or food. If a person's not alive, you can't engage with them in any kind of relationship. Our goal is to keep people alive. That's the most basic thing that there is. Amen. Well, you know, the scripture, the Hebrew scripture is clear that God said he's going to bless those who bless Israel and who pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We are totally committed. I'm, I'm going to bring a group next year from our church to tour. Uh, we love you. We love your nation. We're wholly committed. And we really want, one of the things we want for the bomb shelter primarily is to save lives, but we want Israelis to know we love them. And so uh, you speak Hebrew and we don't. And so would you uh, just as a favor, would you speak a blessing to our congregation in the biblical language of Hebrew? I would be honored. Thank you very much for that. Um, the blessing that comes to mind is the blessing of Aaron, the high priest. Uh, we say the Kohen, the brother of Moses. And although I'm not from the tribe of Levi, I'm from the tribe of Judah, um, through my father's mother's side, we're from the tribe of Levi. So I'm actually a direct descendant of Aaron, wow. the Kohen. And he said the following, Ismach Elohim, which means God should shine his countenance upon you. He should protect you. And he should show his face to you, his smiling face to you, and bring 
you and me and all of us peace shalom mm, that is amazing well we love you and faith promise i think what we ought to do is just do another bomb shelter what do you guys think so rabbi you can count us for another one so you pick it you tell it hey guys let's tell the rabbi how much we love him it's great to have you thank you brother be blessed thanks brad Wow, that is, that is just so cool, isn't it? It's amazing what God has allowed our church to be a part of. So exciting. Well, I am so fired up again about our series called Let Hope In as we roll because uh, people that need hope are going to gain hope. People that were delivered in our last series, Open House, who are wide open to hope and to help are going to be healed. And so it's a great it's a great time. We're a hope-filled church, aren't we? We still believe the Bible. We believe God. We believe God can. And so, man, we're a hope-filled church. We believe that God has designed and developed an amazing destiny for all of his followers. Would you agree with that? And yet there's one roadblock that we want to talk about in this series for us being all that God wants us to be. And that is this. Uh, our, it's, it is our unforgettable past. Do we all have a past? We do. So last week we talked about the first choice that we needed to make, and that was we need to allow God to transform our past so that we don't transfer our past to the present. Allow God to transform our past or we'll transfer it to the present, and it will infect and affect and effect every part of our lives. The second choice that we're going to talk about today is choosing to be okay with not being okay. Because perfection, we're not going to achieve it, are we? I mean, we're, 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 many of us are born again, we're forgiven, we're going to heaven, but we're still not going to be perfect. We're still broken, we have issues that we're going to walk with. And the only way to really walk in, the, in, in future victories, have victory today over the past. And it is very difficult to have awareness of our past. Would you agree with that? It's just hard. Let me tell you what's easy for all of us. Are you, if you're listening, Sam, denial. Isn't denial easy? It's amazing you'll hear somebody tell a story from years ago and then hear somebody else tell the same story, and they're not the same story. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's just amazing. But that's what happened. When I was a kid, when I got caught busted red-handed, you know what I'm talking about, doing something wrong, immediately I would lie. Now, none of y'all ever did that. And it didn't matter if my hand is in the cookie jar. I would lie, and I was good. Because, see, it was just automatic to lie, to, to, try to, get away, you know, to try to get away with it and away from it. And even as an adult, as a pastor, been walking with God for 33 years, when an ugly situation will arise, you know what the first thing will pop into my mind? A lie. Now, I don't tell it most of the time. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd like to say 100%, but, but I, I could have. So I, most of the time I'll say, okay, first, second Corinthians, take that thought captive, not doing that. I'm going to tell the truth. It's going to be hard around to tell the truth anyway. So it's our standard, sort of standard operating procedure. And what we do is if emotions embarrass us, they bring us shame or guilt, they, bring, they make us feel bad, then we bury those problems. If we, does that make sense? Those emotions that make us feel feelings that we don't want to feel, 
And Michelle says, I don't have feelings, but I have a feeling. I'm still part Vulcan, and so I have one. But many of you have lots of feelings, and, and so we try to get away with those. And let me tell you a huge problem being healed in the church of the living God in America. Are y'all ready? And it's that we really communicate in churches that if you're really saved, you need to act like everything's okay. Did y'all grow up in that church? Just act like it. Fake it till you make it. Don't let anybody know. And I think that's probably where the reputation that the church is full of hypocrites came from. And then we walk in with crap. We walk in with issues. We walk in with all this stuff. And yet, we all act like we got it together. We all know that we don't. So it's an hour, an hour and a half of just one big lie every weekend while we're worshiping God. Is that not, is that not crazy? It's crazy. So we're, hey, look happy no matter what. Just look good. You know, really, you know, don't ask any questions. You know, just read your Bible and smile. Whatever you do, don't ask questions. Don't be a pain. Don't be a burden. Don't rock the boat. Don't make waves. So just act like it's okay. And that's the church in America. Would you agree with that? Let me tell you, that attitude, listen, let's, let's understand that. That attitude reeks of fear. It reeks of fear. So what does that mean? That means if, if, that if people share their broken dreams, their hurts, their pains, their scars, their issues, that maybe we won't have all the answers. <laughs> Who said we'd have all the answers? And listen, if, you ask, if you've ever t- emailed me some questions, you already know I don't have the answers. My typical email back from a question is three question marks. Tink, tink, tink. Sometimes I just say clueless. Well, who said we'd have all the answers? Do we have all the answers? No. Why, why does someone lose a baby? Why, why does someone, you know, why does somebody succeed in business and, and this believer doesn't? Why did the marriage not make it? Why, why, did, why did I get cancer? Why, I don't know why. I know we live in a fallen world, but we need to quit acting like we have all the answers, like we know everything because we don't. And so is it that if we admit we have pain and brokenness and problems and issues, will that somehow discount my salvation? And so what the church has decided to do, I don't know when they decided it, but they just decided to bury everything. Is that right? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, If anyone is in Christ, he's new. He's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. But you know, Pastor, I don't feel very new. So does that mean that I'm not really saved? I mean, what does that mean? See, the, the question is this. Do you want transformation or do you want the appearance of transformation? Do you want to act like we got it all together? Do we want to be healed and let the Spirit of God flow freely? Do we want people to come in and watch our worship and watch our experience? Do you want them to, us to act, just be honest? Hey, we don't have it all together. We don't know all the answers. We know God loves us. We know Jesus died for us. We know the Bible is his word to us and we're trying to learn. But we're, listen, we'll have it all together when we see him. Amen. And we're not going to have it together until then. And so the the problem is this, if we're really going to change, if we're really going to let hope in, if we're really going to understand, and that is our desire, our, our, our desire to hide, or the problem is, it, or it question, is our desire to hide greater than our desire to change? And I'm going to be honest with you, for most people that go to church every weekend, the desire to hide is greater than the desire to change. 
So we walk in with our masks, and that's what a hypocrite is, a definition, someone who wears a mask. We walk in a group, we walk in and worship with our masks, we act like we got it all together. And you can't let hope in when your desire to hide is greater than your desire to be changed and to heal. Because you know what? Nothing makes us feel lonelier than secrets. Does that make sense? That we hide, that we pull it in. But when it comes to our faults and our failures and our screw-ups, let's be honest, we are almost all of us quick to cover it up, aren't we? Man, we got Watergate fever. Man, we are quick to, to deny it, to avoid it, to blame other people for it, to, to all these things. And listen, you can trace that pattern of denial and hiding all the way back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Let's look at that. Then the eyes that they had just sinned and eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, didn't know it until then. First thing they did, look, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife, what? Now listen, they're the first two people. They didn't have a mom and a daddy. Nobody taught them how to hide. Hiding is automatic. It's, it's not an option that you pay extra for on the vehicle. It's standard equipment, like a windshield. You don't pay extra for a windshield when you buy a car. It is standard. A wife, the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. First thing they did, cover up Watergate. Second thing they did when God showed up was run and hide. We've been covering up and running and hiding since our great, great, great grandparents, Adam and Eve, started this whole deal in the garden. You know, I mean, Faith Promises now, it's a large church, a lot of campuses. And do you know why some people come to Faith Promise? They come here because they can hide. You know, you come to the, the third service at the Pacific campus, there's 1,300 or 1,400 people in that room. You can hide. Now, if you go to Campbell County, you can't hide. <laughs> we see you walking in the room. Anderson, you might could sneak in. North, you can hide. Blunt, easy. Pellissippi, easy. So a lot of people come to Faith Promise so that they can hide. And you know what? Listen, if you're listening, say I am. It's the reason that a bunch of adults don't go to small group. Because if you go to small group, you might be outed. You can come sit in the big room and put a mask on and clap and sing and open your Bible and, man, everything looks good and feels good and you can go back to your world. But if you're sitting around a table with, with four, five, six, eight, ten, twelve other adults with a cup of coffee or a Diet Coke and a Bible, that's when things get raw and real. Are you with me? And so some of y'all, and we're in the middle of an alignment where every, every small group we're talking about the same topic, we're digging deeper into it of what we're talking about in the weekend, and you're missing so much because you refuse to go to group because you're afraid you'll be outed. Now listen, the fact of the matter is that we're all screwed up to one level or another, one degree or another. The fact that you're not as screwed up as me doesn't make you better. I, I need a couple of ushers to... 
And so, and so what we do is that we hide behind success, behind academics, behind accolades, behind trophies, behind degrees, behind promotions. Behind, behind, we hide behind all these things. And then let me tell you what else we do. We run, 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 run so fast because if we really run fast, it'll dull the pain because I'll be too busy to think about the crap that's going on in my heart. I had a phone call this week from a great friend of mine. Been friends for a long time. His 17-year-old daughter had left home. He's brokenhearted. Didn't hide, didn't man. He just called the phone, and man, we had a just man-to-man sort of cry on the phone and prayer, and man, we asked God to move in and, and the whole deal. And I said, what are you going to do today? He said, well, I'm so busy, I won't think about it. And that's why so many of us run from pillar to post because we don't ever have to slow down and deal with it. We run, 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 run. Then we watch TV, watch TV. We pass out on the couch. We don't have to think. We don't have to feel. We don't have to reflect. We don't have to allow the Spirit of God to, to, you know, to hold the mirror of the Word of God and begin to really do some deep searching of our souls. Does that make sense? Are y'all okay? Y'all okay? See, it's, it's, let me tell you, it's easier to put on a mask than it is to deal with the crap. Because I have friends that go to this church. Marriages are failing. I have friends that go to this church. Their businesses are failing. I got friends that go to this church who they're having struggles with their kids. Every kind of problem, every kind of thing you could think about is going on in the life of our church right now. And what we need to be is get raw and real and be able to deal with it. And so somebody says, come on, give God some praise. So, so somebody says, how you doing? Fine. That's one of the big ten, you know, thou shalt not lie. <laughs> they say, why tell them they don't care? And most people d- really don't mean how are you doing. They mean hello. It's a greeting, so you're not know, telling them. But some people say I do and say, man, this is the worst day of my life. <laughs> then you'll know whether you're true friends or not. Because some people say, really, wow. Mm. <laughs> They'll put it in B for a boogie. Others will stop and say, man, I am so sorry. Tell me what's going on. No, you're too busy. No, I got time. You tell me what's happening. Man, what's going on? Why is... And, and so we, we need to be honest, at least with a group of people. You don't need to go to work every day and say, hey, this is what happened. But we need to be, have a group of people. Because let me tell you the good news. Are you ready for some good news? Let's look at this. Good news on the screen. The good news from the fall of the Garden of Eden, God's plan and his passion is to redeem and restore us to the life that he designed and he destined us for. That's the deal. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of the word of God. He has always been about redeeming and restoring. Now, restoration, forgiveness, grace, all those are gifts, right? You have to receive those gifts. We can't force those gifts on you. You've got to receive them. By, by faith, we receive his grace. By faith, we receive restoration. By faith, we receive healing. Now, let me tell let me. I want to give you a, a, a very, very famous guy in the Bible, talk about for the next little while, who everybody, if, you, if you've been around church or even in Sunday school as a kid, you've got King David. We all know who King David is, right? See, now King David was a man after God's own heart. That's what God said about David. David is a man after God's own heart. And yet if you read David's resume, it is full of crap. It's full of failures and regrets and mistakes and sins and sorrows. His kids were what? Listen, you think your kids are bad? 
We got one brother raping a sister, the other brother killing that brother. We got another brother doing, you know, pulling the deal and turning Israel against David, trying to become the king. Y'all talking about? And then putting a tent on David's roof and having sex with David's wife so everybody knew he was a better man than his dad was. You think you're having trouble with your kids? Come on. I know tent on top of your house. So that's David's resume. Of course, you know, David's up there on the roof, and he sees Bathsheba, he calls her over, he has, a, he has an adulterous affair, she gets pregnant, he has her husband murdered. The first Watergate happens right here with King David. Very first Watergate. And David thinks he's in the clear until the prophet shows up. And the prophet knocks on the door, and King David says, come on in, man, it's great to see you. God's good at Israel. Woo! And the prophet said, not so good today, O king. Let me tell you a story, king. There was a rich man. He lived at a neighborhood who was poor. And the poor neighbor had one little bitty ewe lamb, and the rich guy had flocks. And the rich guy's friend came over to dinner. And instead of killing one of his own sheep, the rich man went and took the one little bitty ewe lamb, like a pet dog, from the neighbor and killed it and fed it to his friend. And the day, in fury, David said, that man deserves to die. And Nathan said, you are the man. See, David was outed by the prophet. He was outed. And so, see, we think that we've gotten by because nobody found out. God saw it happen. You know what I'm talking about? Now, maybe a prophet's not going to walk in your living room and tell a story and point the finger, but the Holy Spirit is. Isn't he? And so what does David do? David, David in, after that, pins Psalms chapter 32. And in Psalms chapter 32, it is a journey from confrontation to confession and then to forgiveness. And, and that's what happens even after, even after this horrible incident. So let's read it. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Is that any of y'all? Because that's me. Anybody's transgression forgiven? And praise God. How blessed is his transgression forgiven? Whose sin is covered? How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit? When I, listen, look here. When I kept silent about my sin, when I hid, when I got my leaves and covered it all up, my body wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fierce heat of summer. Then look what he does. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity. I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave me the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found surely in a flood of great waters, they will not reach him. So he, 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 uh, he, he finishes in verse 7 and says, You're my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. And you surround me with songs of deliverance. Now, confession, well, I understand something about confession. Confession is not just for God. It's for you. See, when you confess to God, You've not, you're not telling God something he does not already know, right? 
But what you're doing is the Spirit of God has outed you. You realize that you've blown it, and you confess. You just, you agree with God. You, you confess. So confession is not just for God. Confession is for you. It's for you. And so what does David say? He said, man, my body was wasting away. It was wasting away, so I'm going to confess my transgression. See, the greatest blessings in the world are not financial. The greatest blessings of the world are spiritual because our greatest problems are spiritual. Money can't heal your soul. Money can buy you a house, but it can't make a home. Money can buy you people, but it can't give you friends. Money can give you opportunities, but it can't give you joy and the shalom of God that, that Rabbi Shmuel talked about. Yeah, the money's okay. And so David starts the, he starts the, the psalm with, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And it's today it's covered by the blood of Jesus, isn't it? What Jesus did for us on the cross. And in whose spirit there is no deceit. See, confession may be what you did. And we've all blown it, right? Confession may be what you did. Confession may be what was done to you. Maybe it's something that happened to you that nobody knows about, that you need to confess that. Not that you sinned, but you didn't do anything wrong, but that you bring that out into the light. You, you acknowledge that to God. See, confessing, confessing isn't doing something about your sin. It's admitting that you can't. See, only God can forgive sin, right? Remember when Jesus told the paralytic that they lowered down by the ropes, he said, your sins are forgiven, and everybody was furious. And he said, so you'll know the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. I say, take up your pallet, rise, and walk. And he did. See, and, and so when sins are forgiven, but, but if we don't share them, in verse 3 of that, of, the, of that, he said, when I kept silent, when I hit, have we all hidden? Have we all lied? Sure we have. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away, though my groaning all day long. He goes in another psalm and says, I dissolved my couch with tears. Man, I was wasting away. See, your past is not your passive. It's still affecting your present. Sin, shame, guilt thrives in secret, in the darkness when you have these areas of your life that nobody can access, that nobody can enter, that nobody can deal with. The reason that the Father sent us, the Son, was to set us free. And what happens is, again, in verse 7, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. I don't know about you, but, man, I run to God. You ever run to God? Man, I run to God. So he's... He's my hiding place. He said, David said, you preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. And if you read the Psalms, three quarters of the Psalms are the psalmist crying out because the circumstances are horrible. So many times David said, I'm surrounded by lions. But what does he say now? Because I've been forgiven, my transgression is covered. God has surrounded me with songs of deliverance. You can be delivered and healed or you can hide. But you can't do both. So is your desire to hide greater than your desire to change, your desire to grow, your desire to, to express your real heart to God and to, and to some close friends? 
The reason that Jesus came was to cover up our iniquity. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, haven't we? We've all messed up. We can act like we got it all together, but there is none righteous. No, not even one. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The prophet Jeremiah says. And so we've all missed the mark. The mark for God is perfection because God is perfect. That mark, we've all missed that mark, haven't we? And missing the mark, hamartia, is, is, is what is the definition of sin. And so what do we do? Those of us that turn to God can have Psalms 32. We can have our transgressions covered, our iniquities hidden, and we can be white as snow. Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isn't that amazing? Because again, you can have all the world and all the money in the world. You can have you can have homes everywhere. You can have you can have sports cards. You can travel around the world. But if your heart is dark and your sins aren't forgiven, and it just doesn't cut it, does it? You can run as fast as you can run so that you won't hear the voice of God. You can run and get so busy that you try to block out the past. But what God wants us to do is be still and know that he is God. He wants us to stop and reflect and realize that we've missed it, that we've blown it. Okay, God, we have. I'm not perfect, and you are. You understand that I'm but dust. You got it. You search me and know me and try me. You know every hurtful way in me. You know everything about me. There's no reason lying. Amen? And so many of us have already turned our lives over to Jesus. We have bowed our knee. We've surrendered our will we confess that, that we've sinned and there's nothing we can do about it, but God can cleanse it. So if you're ready, if you're ready, whatever campus you're at, if you're ready to turn your life over to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, with every head bowed at all of our campuses, I just want, we're going to pray with you a confessional prayer. Just open your heart. Every week, every week people give their heart to Jesus. And so right now, would you just pray this prayer with me? Say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. And I am so sorry. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Cover my sin with the blood of Jesus. You died for me. You rose from the grave. And now by faith, I will live for you. Heal me. I let hope in. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Somebody give God some praise in the house. Amen. Wow. Wow. Now, Internet Campus, you guys can go to the chat room or you can go to the uh, the card and you can fill that out and somebody will get in touch with you. We want to pray for you and help you all around the world, wherever you're at. Uh, Pellissippi, you guys, man, if you pray that prayer with me, if you'll fill the card out in front of you or... If you, need, uh, if you need to sign up for next steps or if you need a place to serve, hey, listen, you want to get in a group. We're, we've, this is the second week of a six-week series in group, Let Hope In. And it's stellar. You can go to our next steps area. Some of our group leaders will be out there. We'll help you find a group. And so, man, we, we, we get, one, get in one this week. Listen, hiding's over. Amen? Hiding's over. Come on and get on in. So... Now, it's just us. So tomorrow, the rabbi will be live, but the rabbi does not work on the Sabbath. 
the Jewish Sabbath is Friday evening at sundown to Saturday evening at sundown. So his Sabbath will be over in just a few minutes. But he flew in from Israel, came straight from the airport here. We shot that video yesterday before sundown so that he could, he could do the deal. And uh, he went to the synagogue in, uh, in Knoxville this morning, and he'll be back tomorrow. And so he'll be in both of the Sunday morning services live, and, and he'll get Psalms 32 tomorrow. And I'm excited about that. He and his wife are wonderful. We love them. And uh, we will do another bomb shelter. And, uh, man, that was so, so cool. And let me tell you why we get to do bomb shelters in Israel and an inner city pool in, in downtown Knoxville for inner city kids because you are so generous. That's why we get to do this cool stuff. And so, man, keep being faithful. Again, August, the great uh, August broke every record of everything in any way, and September's going to be better. God is on the move. If you need a group, uh, you, go back there, fill out wherever you need the communication card. And remember, the last weekend of this month, a ladies' event. Michelle will do worship. Then Michelle will be speaking Friday night on, on the spiritual roar. When you or your family is in trouble, then Saturday we'll be doing some leadership training. You need to go online, ladies, and sign up for that. Gator Hater Weekend, I've got a friend on the front row with a Gator shirt on. We all need to pray deliverance over him. And, uh, and, uh, but on Friday night, before we play the Gators on Saturday, on the, on the 3rd or the 4th, Joe Champion, one of the best men's speakers in the world, will be here. Friend of mine, he pastors Celebration. Guys, sign up. We're going to have some fun outside tailgating. And then we'll come in about 7 o'clock, I think. I'm not sure if Dustin's here. He's, oh, he's in China. And, uh, and so go on, you can get all the details online, sign up for those things. Hey, is this series rocking? And as our God gives, it been good. Right, so pastors, we got prayer people down front. Be blessed. See you next weekend. Hey, by the way, by the way, one, one thing. If all of our, hey, it's UT season. And if you look tonight, you can tell UT's playing on TV tonight because there's people that are going to hell that weren't here tonight. And so, but Saturday night, listen, man. I believe we can go to 1,000 on Saturday night. Can we do that? So bring some friends next week. We love you.